we're delighted to be back with a New York Times bestselling bookseller. But before we chat with Ruth Ware, we want to remind everybody that our book club sponsors, Winding Trail Books, located in Milton Square in St. Anthony Park. Buy local. You can. They even will ship it to you local. <laughs> All right, Ruth. Hello. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me on again. Oh, oh we're gosh, we had you we had you on for uh in a dark, dark wood, your very first book and then I know. and then the Woman, Woman in Cabin Ten and then your next two books. You were too busy yeah. on your book tour, but we're so relieved that on the fifth book, which congratulations and you've written another stunning one, that we have you back on and we just oh my gosh, the turn of the key had us at the turn of the first page. Oh, thank you. It was really fun to write, I have to say. <laughs> it taps into a lot of our things that we freak out with the smart home era. So why don't you tell everybody the setup of the book? Sure. Well, so as you can probably tell, it's sort of loosely inspired by Henry James's Return of the Screw, although it's not a rewrite. But it begins in prison with um, a nanny who has been jailed for the death of one of the children in her care. Um, and she's on remand, so she hasn't been convicted, but she's writing to a lawyer, begging him to represent her. And she's explaining how she ended up in this situation. And she responded to this kind of too-good-to-be-true advert for an amazing post with this picture-perfect family. So she goes up to this interview and she finds this incredible smart home it's fitted out with all mod cons it's got cameras in every room it's got speakers it's got a fridge that talks to you (laughs) and she's completely smitten by this house so she takes the post and then discovers that maybe this perfect house and this perfect family aren't quite so perfect after all oh my god i mean how in the world did you get this idea i don't know i mean Books always come from this kind of swirling, primordial soup of, sort of different inspirations from everywhere, and it all sort of mulches together in the back of my brain until somehow a book comes out the front of it. Oh but I gosh. think one influence for sure was definitely that while I was writing it, there were a lot of articles in the press about this growing phenomenon of smart home abuse, mm-hmm. where like one partner has, um, typically it's one partner who's really tech savvy. And so they set up all the devices in the home. They have all the passwords. They have the apps on their phone. They understand how the system works. And the other partner just kind of goes along with it because, you know, it makes life safer. It's more secure. Everybody likes having cameras. You know, you can program your lights from your phone. It's all great. Um, And then if the relationship hits the rocks, they suddenly find that these devices can be used to control instead of, you know, for for security and they can become the victims of these things instead. Um, So this was super scary to me, the idea of, you know, becoming a prisoner in your own home. And it just seemed like a great way of exploring a kind of ghostly tale where the ghosts weren't necessarily supernatural but might be something a bit more technological right well, it, 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 it does scare us i mean and it does but she's living in you know this home that she goes through you give all this wonderful architectural detail mm-hmm. about this estate you know which really dazzles her as you know what i've got to get this buy. interview yeah mm-hmm. and um and then juxtapositioned with you know the modern things that they've put in and then and the very back of the house, the Poison Garden, which I just found out there's a real poison garden in London. 
Yeah, there are quite a few poison gardens. They've be, they've become a bit of a a kind of um, I guess a sort of tourist attraction. But for anyone listening who doesn't know what a poison garden is, it's basically a, a walled garden where all of the plants are deadly poisonous to some degree <laughs> and what's really scary about them is you go around them and they're you know they're always locked and they have a sign saying you know please supervise children and be really careful and respect the plants because you know they're really toxic but as you're going around these places what you realize is that 99 percent of these plants are just the regular old plants that we all have in the garden. you know they're they're laurels they're yews they're foxgloves they're laburnums they're just plants that we have every day and we don't particularly respect them when they're in our borders and you suddenly realize that we are really casual about this stuff and that whatever kind of you know we dream up as humans to do to each other the natural world can do it so much better oh that that's interesting that they're just your everyday plants and you don't think about it one of the things you know the book starts out we already know some basic things we already know that you know um, I'm tr- what the heck is her name? The character, the main character, who's already she's in prison. She's writing. Rowan. T- oh yeah, Rowan. Rowan. So Rowan. She's yeah, writing yeah. already to find a new attorney. Her case is complicated, but it's all one sided. You know the yeah. the whole story is one sided. We because no one writes her back. No one writes her back. The story back. keeps unfolding. I I like and that. It's all told through her letters to to the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a decision that you just wanted to tell it? Did you ever think about having the solicitor be part of the story, or was that just kind of the way this well, was all going? I never really considered having his side of things. I think partly for two reasons. Partly because like I write psychological thrillers and we're really interested in the unreliable narrator in that genre and there's a lot of different ways of doing it and people come up with some really fun ways but usually the unreliable narrator is kind of unreliable in a way that you don't know it keeps us on our toes yeah it does exactly exactly and I was really interested in the idea of writing a narrator who was unreliable, but in a way that was really upfront, because, you know, we all have our own agenda. We all try to make ourselves look a little bit better when we're telling a story or an mm-hmm. anecdote. You know, we kind of put our own spin on it and yep. we try and, you know, we put ourselves in the best possible light, even when we don't mean to. And I was quite interested in the idea of doing something where the narrator had a really clear agenda, but you knew what it was. So you know from page one that she is trying to persuade this guy that she's innocent and that she is going to be telling him the truth, but the truth in a way that makes her out to be, you know, the the sort of the innocent party in all of this. So partly I kind of wanted to keep it really one-sided because I wanted you to only ever hear her perspective and to be kind of a little bit unsure about how reliable that was. And you're um, right that that's something that we kind of are getting a lot of yeah, in I our love thrillers. That part. I love that. If you're that. just joining us, we're with Ruth Ware. Her latest book is Turn of the Key. And Ruth, you know, we you started out with such a big bang with In the Dark Dark Woods and then The Woman in Cabin 10. Have these been... Have these been optioned? Are they made into movies or are we going to see anything soon? Most of my books are under option, but none of them have reached the screen yet. Damn it, we're going to root for you. We don't have much time with you left, Ruth. What's the last great book that you've read? Oh, my goodness. I should have thought up an answer for this. Um, 
One that's really stuck in my mind is Our House by Louise Candlish, which has an amazing twist on the final page. And it didn't inspire the twist at the end of this, but I kind of, I was so in awe of what she did and the way she turned the whole story on its head on the very last page. I kind of, I guess, tried to do something a little bit similar with well, this book. I don't know if I succeeded. Yeah, but. you're Ms. Twisty oh, yourself yeah. and your story, story writing, and you're, it's just so wonderful to talk to you again we love your books the turn of the key i highly recommend i'm sure somebody has already scooped that up but which (laughs) book would you like to see first on screen of all your books Oh, that's like asking me which I know, child, child I prefer. Okay, you know what? I would. Lo- I think I would love to see In a Dark Dark Wood most, just because it was my first book and it's my baby, and I would. And it's you know, a it hand party. So it's a hand yeah. party. Gone, yeah. gone terribly, yes. terribly wrong. Ruth, we adore you. Thank you for talking to us today. Oh, thank you for having me on. Yep, the book you. is The Turn of the Key. We've got a couple available, 651-641-1071, and you can um, catch this because we will post this all on demand.